Thank you for tuning in to Cobblestone Community Church's podcast, where we are taught by the Word and led by the Spirit. I hope today's message encourages you and challenges you to draw nearer to Jesus. I am thankful to be able to worship with you all um, week in and week out. It's, it's so good to just hear not just the songs being sung, but to, to feel in unity the surrender. Right? You can, I don't think these are just words that we, we sing, um, but we can feel that we're putting him um, at the center of, of everything that we do. And uh, we're going to do that this morning with communion, but before we do, um, I'm going to share a little bit of what the Lord has on my heart and hopefully keep it brief. But um, before I, I start to share, um, I've been asked, because I can see a few people still looking for chairs in the back, church, you know it's that uncomfortable time. What we need you to do, we need you to squeeze. So if you have an open seat next to you or around you or whatever, kind of fill them in. Um, that way we can have um, some available seating for everybody as they come in. So um, I promise you that if you compromise and you squeeze, I will stay on time and not make it last any longer in the uncomfortable state that you're in. So I can speak to that because I am an introvert and I'd like to have at least the one seat gap there. So um, nothing more pleasing when you're on a flight, you get that empty seat next to you, right? That's just a blessing. So this morning what I want to do is I want to continue to expound on uh, what the Lord has put on my heart uh, as we've been collectively as a church talking about uh, having, having a kingdom focus um, or being kingdom-minded uh, as opposed to earthly-minded or earthly-focused. And uh, this morning, I'm thankful that the Lord's spoken to me um, over the last week or so, and I will be really time-focused this morning for you guys, because I can tell you that as I've been preparing the message uh, and writing everything the Lord has on my heart, uh, when I sat down yesterday to kind of finish it all up, I looked and I was like, wow, that's long. Um, <laughs> so I, I know that I want to give time and space for um, what we as a church feel the Lord's led us to with communion at the end. So I've, I've already kind of brought it in and consolidated it, but I'm going to do the best I can to, to stay on, on point here and, and be time sensitive. But I also, uh, in full admission, when I was praying to the Lord this morning, um, I released any burden of time. <laughs> so you guys are in for it. So I'm going to just share whatever the Lord has on my heart and uh, pray that it works out for, for everybody with their, uh, their time. So right now, um, what we've been talking about, and, and honestly, what has just been on my heart, um, is that idea of kingdom-focused, um, fully focused vision on him, uh, and not being brought into the worldly things. And I am thankful um, that this is not just the prayer for my own life, um, that I want to be kingdom-focused, but this is the prayer that I have for my wife, for my children, for our elders, for this church. It hits at the core of everything that is in me. And I got to tell you, I am blessed to be a part of a group of elders here at Couplestone that is fully unified in this truth that this is his church. Fully, completely his church. We want to allow for his leading in all things. You'll see that this morning with communion. We've shared before and we'll share again. This is what the Lord placed on the elders' heart to keep it center. That we remember 
his sacrifice, that we do it different than how many other churches do it, but we're being obedient to him. Because he's worthy of our everything. He's worthy of full surrender. We're not just talking about Sunday services anymore. I'm talking about our everyday life. We as elders and pastors of this church, we want the people of this church to continue to fully surrender. We've seen beautiful examples of that over the last few weeks. And in my life, I have, I, I'm in a, a business environment Monday through Friday. And in my life, I see a lot in practice when we sit in meetings, a lot of meetings. Um, when you're sitting in a meeting with a group of people and you come up with the goal, the target, right? You say, hey, this is what we need to accomplish with this project. And a lot of times everybody has the resounding, yes, that's what we want. That's where we want to head. There's a lot of agreement. But then in these meetings, the next thing that comes from this is, okay, we've agreed on it, and usually everybody just kind of stands around and waits for somebody to step forward, but it's, there's an honest question. How do we get there? What needs to happen to get to that goal? It's great that we have agreement, but how do we get there? And today, my hope, what I want to share with you this morning, is that I hope that we as a collective church, that we have unity and agreement that we want to be fully surrendered to him fully surrendered to his leading and to the pursuit of him, that we're fully in unison, in agreement, that we want to be kingdom-minded. But how do we live with a kingdom mindset and not a worldly one? How do we get there? The Lord's put two things on my heart that I want to share with you this morning. The first point is this. How do we get there? Train yourself. A basic principle in training is that it's active. Training requires action. I've shared before, and some of you know, that I've enjoyed running marathons in my life. And there's always a moment, well before the marathon race, that I have to make the choice, that I have to decide that I'm wanting to commit myself to running that race and all that that entails. I have to think about the months of sacrifice, the hard days when I know that I'm just not going to feel it, when the runs in the gym time just feels too much. And I know that those days will be a part of the training. And I ask the question, am I willing to endure those days because of the end goal being worth it? You see, when I get really focused on training for a race, I get real serious about it. I watch what I eat, when I eat, how my body's reacting. Do I need more rest? Can I push harder? You're constantly evaluating. And as much as I love the experience of race day, it's a unique experience. I enjoy running a good race. None of that would be possible if it wasn't for the weeks and the months of training that preceded that moment. If I trained well up to that moment of the race, I can stand at the starting line filled with confidence, with peace, that I'm able to run that race that's ahead of me. Before any athlete reaps their rewards, they must train and learn and be disciplined. As the athletes in training, a lot of good things are happening, right? That's what the training does. It, it, you start to believe that you can do this. 
You get improved fitness. You get confidence. You get encouragement. You get all that before you actually get to the goal. Before the final reward. And the, the same thing is true with being kingdom-focused and not worldly-focused. We need to make the decision that that is what we want. Even when it may not be easy. Even when we feel like it may be too much. Even when it may isolate us from being invited and include its activities of those things around us. Paul shares with Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. Have nothing to do with irrelevant, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So you can also hear some positives that for those of you that don't like to involve yourself in exercise and fitness, that, that bodily training is only of some value, right? So you can put that with you and just say, that's only some value, right? But training for godliness is of value in every way. Godliness is having that kingdom mindset. In urging Timothy to train himself in godliness, Paul borrows this term from athletics. In different translations, it's looked at as exercise or discipline or train. Because no one makes it to the level of an Olympic athlete or even a national competition without a commitment to pay the price of rigorous daily training. And similarly, no one ever becomes kingdom-minded without a commitment to pay the price of daily spiritual training, which God has designed for our growth. See, Paul says in verse 8 that this, this has benefit for this life as well as for the future. So how do we train ourselves for kingdom-focused? If we say we're in, we want to train, how do we do it? We start right here. This is our training manual. You start right in the Word. In 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. It is evident that the Word of God plays a crucial role in our growth of godliness. A prominent part of our practice of godliness, therefore, is our time in the Word. Reading the Word enables us, but it also allows us to enjoy communion with Him because He speaks to us from His Word. He encourages us. He instructs us. He reveals Himself to us. But the Word of God stored in our heart does more than keep us from sin. It enables us to grow. It enables us to grow in every area of the Christian life. Walking with God involves communion with Him. And as I mentioned earlier, training is active. Can you imagine if I, if I tell Ginger, hey, I'm going to run this marathon coming up in a few months, and I'm just going to start training for it, and every day she comes home, and I'm just sitting there watching TV, beat up. She said, hey, what, do you, what about this training thing? What are you doing? I'm training. <laughs> training for that race, right? 
The two don't connect. If every time I said that, she's going to start to say, that just doesn't make sense. However, yet in our walk with Christ, we can take that approach. This is not meant to be condemning or judgmental. But many Christians can take the approach where they say that they want to be kingdom-focused, they want to be kingdom-minded, not of this world. Yet they don't take an hourly, daily, weekly commitment to pursue that. There's a mindset, even, that maybe someone else can train for them. It doesn't work that way. Trust me, I'd love for somebody to go out and run the miles Monday through Friday, and then I get to go enjoy the race. It doesn't work that way. But a lot of times, you can look forward this way. I know Andrew's talked about it before, that you can say, well, I'll let the pastors, the elders, they'll do all the training, and then I'll reap the benefit for it. Church, my heart today, hear my heart today. It said, this is your decision. That you want to train. There's nothing better in a real athletic sense than when you've got a training partner. Right? For those days, you really don't want to do that run. You don't want to go to the gym. You know you've got that other person to spur you along, keep you moving, encourage you, hold you accountable. Church, I pray that I'm looking out at a room full of training partners when it comes to being kingdom-focused. That's what this church should be. It's your call to listen to the words of Jesus when he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. His word is absolutely necessary and central to our communion with him. Pleasing God requires knowing his will, how he wants us to live and how he wants us to do it. It's impossible to practice godliness without a constant, consistent, balanced intake of the word of God in our lives. Kingdom mindset. Paul said, train yourself to be godly. You and I are responsible to train ourselves. We are dependent on God for his divine enablement of that, but we're responsible for not being passive in this process. We Christians are to daily train in righteousness, discipline and learn God's word and putting it in action. The key is putting it in action. And I didn't want to just talk in general about that. I actually felt like the Lord said, talk specifically about it. And so what he put on my heart was Colossians 3, 1 through 17, and we're just going to read it. Because this is what training in righteousness and putting it in action looks like. It says, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above that are above, not on the things of this earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So what, what is training yourself? What actions are needed? Put to death, therefore. What is earthly in you? Sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, 
obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So that's what you put off if you're training. You don't do those things. But then what do you do? You put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You see, so many times we, we want to say that we want to be kingdom-minded. We want to be kingdom-minded with our finances. Yet every time we get a paycheck or we get a lecture money, we just kind of hoard it up, store it up. We say we want to serve the Lord with our own bodies and minds and souls and everything, yet we give them up to other things, to other people. These are the practical things, church. How do we train ourselves? You train yourself to not be in these things of the world, but be in these. Switch the mind. That's a decision. It requires sacrifice. But the good news today, I'm going to tell you, he's worthy of it all. He's worth all of our surrender. Those words that we're just saying, they're not just words. I surrender all. He's worth all our surrender because that's what he did for us. And not only do we need to put to death what is earthly, but we need to put on the things of his kingdom. That brings me to the second answer. And I'll try and speak things along. The second answer, how do we get into this kingdom mindset and not earthly? We train for it, and then we remember If you want to remain kingdom-focused as a Christian, you need to go back and remember who he is and all that God has done. In John 17, 14 through 17, Jesus teaching, I have given them your word, and the the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. You see, remembering allows us to reshape our view sometimes of the present. Remembering how God has helped us in the past and how God will lead us in the future. It can result in boldness and confidence. It can result in obedience that we've just heard over the last couple weeks. Because you remember who he is. And how he's helped you in the past, and you can follow his leading in the future. You see, that's one of the beauties of testimonies, right? 
testimonies, they speak to how God has moved, how he spoke, how he led, how he answered prayers. And that gives us confidence to move forward because he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We need to remember how God takes care of us. We need to remember God's steadfast love. Remember God's passion for you. Remember God's mercy. Remember God is the giver and the sustainer of all life. Remember God for who God is and was. Remember the character of God. Whenever we face trials, we need to remember who God is. Sometimes we get so focused on the trials that we forget to focus on him. One of the ways we remember God is with praise. Praise offered in the face of adversity makes no sense to the world. By our worldly calculation, why would you ever praise in the midst of adversity? When we begin to praise God, not in response to prosperity, but in defiance of misfortune, we align ourselves with God. God inhabits the praise of his people. When Job lay suffering with every earthly pleasure stripped away, his wife advised him to curse God and die. He still praised God. Praise God regardless of your personal circumstances. It will renew your mind. It will renew your focus. Your perspective will widen. And your attitude towards God will never be the same. Set your mind on him. Remember God all the rest of the days of your life. If you let him have your life, he will be so active in it, so powerful in it, that you have daily reminders of him, his power, his grace, and his works. I'm going to end right now for this part of worship, for this part of the service. So David, you guys and the worship team can come forward. I'm going to end it with a quote from A.W. Tozer. It comes from The Pursuit of God. And it's the moment we make up our minds that we're going on with this determination to exalt God over all. I want to pause there. Over all, we step out of the world's parade. We shall find ourselves out of adjustment to the ways of the world and increasingly so, as we make progress in the holy way. We shall acquire a new viewpoint. A new and different psychology will be formed within us, and a new power will begin to surprise us by his upsurgings and its ongoings. Church, I want that more than anything for all of us here today. I want us to acquire a new viewpoint. That's what we've been talking about for the last several weeks. The shift, the change. A new and different psychology will be formed within us. And a new power will begin to surprise us. I shared with some people that at a conference a couple months ago, as I was sitting before the Lord, and I was praying for the Lord. Lord, what do I what do I want? 
in the months to come, in the next year? What am I praying for? And as I did, the Lord clearly spoke to me and he said, in the next year, you're going to be amazed by me. And when I saw that, Lord, I want to be surprised by your power. I want all of us to be surprised by his power. I want us to be amazed by him in a way that we haven't been amazed before. He's going to amaze us, church. And I can't wait for it because I heard it and I expect it. And so that's my mindset. I want to be kingdom focused. I don't want to be worldly focused. So we're going to start communion here. We've got some practicals to go over here. We've got four tables in each corner. There'll be elders at those tables. And they would love to pray with you, to train with you for a little bit, to surrender to him. There's two tables in the middle on either side. Um, those are basically what we deem our service tables. You're welcome to them. Uh, that's what they're there for. But, you know, church, as I said before, I love worshiping with you. We're not meant to walk this alone. We're not meant to train on our own. We're not meant to live this on our own. And so we would love as elders to have you come and pray with us. Let's be amazed by his power. Let's do things the way that the world doesn't expect. If you need healing, let's pray for healing. Because his word says to do that. If you need help with surrender, if you went through, as we were reading through that list of what the old self is, some of those things just kind of spoke to your heart and it just kind of pierced you a little bit. Church, no shame. Shame will keep you there. Condemnation will keep you there. I pray this morning that you make the decision. I want to train. I want to surrender. In Luke 22, 14 through 20, it reads, And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I die, before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is filled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you, that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. 
do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Church, I'm going to pray. And my heart is that when I'm done praying, you keep praying. This is your time. The reason I want to be time sensitive and focused is because I know what the Lord put on my heart, but I know he's able to put so much more on yours. He will speak to you. He will lead you. He will talk with you. And now's your time. Super Bowl's next Sunday. You got nowhere to go. So pause. Read his word. Talk to him. This is the time to be honest. If your training hasn't been going real well, confess it. He's full of forgiveness. He's full of grace and mercy. The church, he loves you. He loves us as his church. But I think there's some here that need to really hear that. He loves you. I hope today's message has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. If you would like more information, you can find us at www.cobblestonechurch.com. Have a great week and God bless.